Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Roots at Home podcast. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and we are back with part two of Cindy's story. She shared heartfully with us last time about all the events that led up to her husband being uh, put in the hospital with COVID, the working and massaging of her heart that the Lord uh, was doing as she sought to care for your husband, but the frustration of not being able to be with him. And when we left off, Cindy was sharing how the Lord had was really working in her heart on how to not honestly not hate the people that had um, misused her and misused her husband in the hospital and uh, after her husband's COVID test came back negative she was finally able after all those days and weeks to to go in and be with her husband and that's where we left off so Cindy you are walking in the hospital door and how many days has it been? It's been 17 days Abby and um, walking in, I wasn't prepared, um, with what I was going to see. Um, I thought I would be, and I was prayed up and prepared, uh, spiritually, but physically my heart broke. Um, when I walked into my husband's room, um, my husband's six foot and, um, weighs around 175, 180. Um, so he's tall and thin. And, uh, but when I walked into the room, um, he looked like a Holocaust survivor. Mm -hmm. Um, he had lost 50 pounds. He was skin and bones. Um, his, uh, gown was in disarray. He wasn't covered up with a blanket. I mean, it was just, it was really jolting. Um, but again, I had to go back to my marching orders, <laughs> so to speak, um, to walk in love and walk in truth and walk in humility and, and praise the Lord and count it all joy that I was able to be there at all. And, uh, mm -hmm. so I got to work pretty much immediately, <laughs> Um, got out my essential oils and uh, put clove oil on his feet first. Um, his right foot um, was purple. Um, his left foot was just cold. Um, but again, uh, could definitely see that, that uh, there had been a loss of circulation. And so um, started uh, anointing him with oil and praying over him. I set up the Bluetooth speaker and was just pray, um, playing uh, his favorite um, 
he loves Southern gospel music and the Isaacs are dear friends of ours. And so um, they have a beautiful album called um, 432 Symphony, Nature Symphony. And uh, that for those that are musically inclined, um, 432 is uh, a tuning and it's supposed to be connected with um, nature's uh, healing um, creation. It's anyway, um, I'm not a music geek, my kids are, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, most music is tuned to 440, so 432, and the songs that on that album were very healing, and, and um, it, it was just a special time, so to play that in the background, to pray over him and anoint him with oil, and um, just love him, speak to him, hold his hand, um, it had been so long and, and all my life, all I've ever wanted to be was a wife and a mother. And I know that the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And, and um, he was working hard on doing that. Um, and so I couldn't give in to the fear. I couldn't give in to the hate. I just truly had to rest. And, and, like James tells us to count it all joy, just to be joyful um, and trust that God would work this um, for our good. Anyway, um, so the nurse came in and I introduced myself to her and um, then uh, the heart doctor um, had come in and there were issues with his heart um, they called it an A flutter. And um, so this um, virus or whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, I would attribute remdesivir to a lot of what my husband suffered because it does, it's been proven that it calls multi, causes multi-organ mm -hmm. failure. Um, so his heart was affected, his lungs were affected. Um, his liver was being affected and his kidneys were being affected. And then all, obviously the circulation. So again, um, not to stay in the weeds, just to come out of it. Um, I, uh, stayed there, um, and was expecting them to tell me to go home, uh, was waiting for somebody to tell me to go home, but nobody ever did. Mm -hmm. And so I spent the night, that first night in the ICU. And there's many people that have said that that's a miracle in and of itself, because usually hospitals have visiting hours. But um, so I slept in a chair and held his hand and, and just was in continual prayer and, um, reading God's word, trying to create um, a comfortable setting of normalcy. Um, because again, not knowing if he could hear me, if what was going on in his mind um, and everything. But um, so uh, I came home, um, I contacted um, my daughter, Naomi, and um, I said, uh, would you be willing to 
switch places with me on that Thursday and come home, let me get a shower and um, come back to the hospital. And so we kind of tag teamed it. And she's the strongest of all of my children. Um, and she uh, went up there and um, we switched places and she stayed with her daddy and prayed over him and read scripture aloud, read the Psalms to him and everything. And um, I came home and took a shower and to my joy and surprise, um, my package from Compass Cellular Healing had arrived. And um, I uh, checked to see first if the ivermectin was water soluble. Um, and it was, it would dissolve in water. And so again, having um, the background of having my mom as a nurse and also just watching how they um, administered his medication and uh, his feeding tube and just all of the things um, the past 24, 36 hours had taught me. Um, the Lord gave me the idea of seeing if I could somehow get the ivermectin into his body. I had reached out to you and a couple of other people to pray for my strength <laughs> to <Yes>. be bold <laughs> and figure out a way how to do this. And so um, again, the Lord brought to my mind, Corey Tin Boom, Betsy Tin Boom mm -hmm. gave me the stories of Dietrich Bonhoeffer. I mean, just, I, I had, I mean, not trying to diminish the Holocaust in any way, but I felt like I was behind enemy lines. Absolutely. And, um, and so I, I was willing to do this um, because I believed with all my heart that this would, this is what he needed. Um, yeah. Well, why would they be so adamant about not giving it to them and not giving it to him? So um, I started that process. Um, I purchased uh, a couple of um, feeding tube syringes um, and uh, a few other supplies. And then um, you actually contacted me about the family that had saved their grandmother's life. Right. My, yeah. Well, With, actually, actually, it was their mother. Mm -hmm. Mother. Okay. And um, uh, you shared with me um, a recipe and uh, you had contacted um, Joy Creech here in the Knoxville area. And so we were, again, it was like we were, all of these strategic plans were going <laughs> into effect. That's right. That's right. And so I one of my favorite Bible accounts is Exodus 17 when Joshua is down fighting the Amalekites and Moses is up on the top of the mountain. And as long as Moses' arms are raised, yep. there's victory. That's but right. 
Moses is a man and he's going to grow tired. And so Aaron and her come alongside him and place him down on the rock and hold up his arms. And I just, I think of the body of Christ in that way. And some of us are going to be Joshua and some of us are going to be Moses and some of us are going to be, or we're all going to change, you know, places. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) And so, um, So I was, again, packing my backpack purse, and the crazy thing um, happened in Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm a Texas girl, so we have two seasons. You know it. Yep. It's hot and hotter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So living in Tennessee has been just a blessing because we actually do get all four seasons, but um, I had never experienced a cold front that came in last year at the end of September. I mean, we're talking freezing cold. And so I was also able to wear a hoodie with pockets and nobody thinks that I was weird. (laughs) So so, um, I would take my backpack purse with my hoodie and I would go to the public restroom that was a single, you know, the hospital restrooms are usually that single family style restaurant and a uh, restaurant restroom. And uh, so I would go in there and um, lock the door and I'd put my arsenal together and um, go into my husband's room. And again, they knew I was, putting the oils on them. There were a a few nurses that were like, oh, it smells so good in this room, you know? (laughs) And and what a, you know, what a pleasant atmosphere with the praise and worship music going on. And just um, so, you know, I was was shining my light for Jesus. It was like, you know, um, and uh, just again, walking in love and truth and humility. And um, anyway, uh, so again, the benefit of the weather and the benefit of being husband and wife and treating people with dignity and love, you know, when I would pull the curtain back to sneak in the medication of ivermectin, you know, nobody really thought anything. It was like, oh, they just want to, you know, husband and wife time, private time, you know, kind of thing. And so um, I uh, would do that. And again, I watching the the nurses, every time they would administer um, any kind of medication, they would always flush it with saline. And so I, I learned really quick. <laughs> Um, how to do all of this um, because so, it, it so pardon you, you literally <laughs> ivermectin through your husband's feeding tube yes because it's water soluble right and that was that was the beautiful thing when right. I tested and I put the again and I learned all about five milliliters and 20 milliliters and <laughs> I mean I had a medical school um education in the two months that we were there Uh, (laughs) but uh yeah so um how often this I um well the dosage um at the it was three milligrams per 
um, pill and the dosage for my husband's weight, if he would have been, I, I probably overdid it <laughs> because again, I didn't know how much he weighed, but I did it based on 160 pounds. Cause I was kind of guessing that right. I honestly didn't think that he had lost that much weight. Right. Um, but the reality was he was about 125 pounds. Um, yeah. and so I would, um, so it was five, five, it was 15 milligrams per day, um, for five days. And so I did that and I, again, not knowing it's, you're supposed to spread it out during the day, but it was like, I only got one shot at this. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, um, I tested it and prayed, please don't anything, you know, weird happen or whatever. Yes. yes. I mean, cause I mean, I was looking at all of the things that they could possibly look at. And I'm sorry to be graphic here, but I was looking at his urine output. I was like, I mean, I was just checking, like, is anything changing that would like alarm right. them? Like what's right. going on? Right. Anyway. That had to be and, scary. You know, there was an element, there was, I mean, I, I, I would be lying to say I wasn't scared, yeah. but honestly, there was so much purpose yes. in my heart that the Lord had given me this to do. And that has been my relationship with him. No, I haven't gotten it right. I'm not please, I'm not, please, please understand. I'm not saying I'm the perfect Christian. I know what I'm doing. No, but my relationship with the Lord has always been teach me, show me, you know, I love you. Show me what to do. I right. love you. Tell me what to do. I mean, it, it's, and so it was so clear to me how the COVID kit arrived early. I had access, my mom being my mom. I mean, it was just, you know, right. all of these pieces right. and it was and so I, I love that's my husband uh, and right. I right. had thoughts you know it's like you know what if I if what I'm doing is illegal which honestly I don't know if it is or not and but I just like Corey Ten Boom just like Dietrich Bonhoeffer it was right. like you know, just like the Hebrew midwives. I mean, it was like the greater good is to save my husband's life. And right. if well, I was going to be arrested. Right. It may, it may, is it, it may be illegal in our government's eyes, but is it unlawful in our God's eyes? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was willing, I was willing if they, arrest, if they caught me and they arrested me and they took me before the judge, I would plead guilty and I would say, I'm trying to save my husband's life. Right. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well baby visit. Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. 
Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. So did you do this also with the um, with the hydroxychloroquine? Yeah. So I did the five, because I had the five-day dose of hydroxychloroquine and, um, sorry, the ivermectin, and then I had a five-day dose of hydroxychloroquine. And um, I contacted Compass Cellular to get, to ask, did I need to do another teleconference to get a second COVID kit? And they're like, oh no, you just reorder. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I reordered. Um, and the other thing that they were giving my husband, um, what the breathing treatment that they were giving him was an inhaler. Um, and I have it written down. It's the one that's pretty controversial that it actually doesn't help the lungs. Um, I think it starts with a D. But um, they were not giving him steroids. Uh, they were not giving him prednisone, um, which I think is a steroid. Anyway, yeah. but again, I was trying to build relationships with the hospital staff. And the Lord brought in this amazing respiratory therapist that um, I knew where she stood because I asked her, because, you know, I said, are you a believer? And she said, oh, honey, I believe a lot of things. I'm like, okay, got that. I understand. <laughs> um, yeah. But she was just so friendly. And I was talking to her about, you know, what they were giving, the inhalers and everything. And, and I mentioned to her, I'm like, you know, my husband had um, trouble back in 2015. Um, he had uh, a time where he dealt with, you know, like asthma type symptoms and everything. And he had Simbacort and she goes, oh, she's like, well, I have Pulmacort. Let me write that up. Well, guess what Pulmacort has in it? Budesonide. Oh, okay. Yes. Cool. And so, but they don't have it in an inhaler. So she had to change the, the, the way that they were giving him his breathing treatments instead of an inhaler, she set up a nebulizer. And it's one of those quiet nebulizers too, which was kind of cool um, because they would come in and they would give him his breathing treatments. Um, but then I could give him an extra dose of budesonide and I could give him the liquid glutathione, which is a key component um, in cellular health. And again, in my research, I learned about severe cases of emphysema. Um, they give liquid glutathione, they nebulize it. It, it heals and helps lung tissue. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, a lot of the things that I did, I did at night, um, the right. night shift kind of is just there. Um, that being said there god did provide a few wonderful night shift nurses 
that took care of my husband um, in an extremely beautiful way. I mean, just loved on him and cared for him. And um, I knew that if they were on call, if, if they were working that night, that I could actually go home and get a shower and maybe a couple of nights, a couple of hours of sleep and come back and know that he was going to be well taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so the ivermectin was first, the hydroxychloroquine, then the pulmacort was added. I added the extra budesonide. Um, again, kind of always watching how his body was responding because again, he was um, in a medically induced coma. And um, I took pictures of the vent settings and the heart issue. You know, there was a lot of medication that he was given um, in regards to keeping his blood pressure at a certain rate and his heart rate and, and everything. Um, so on uh, the 25th of September, um, so this is three days I've been there and um, the critical care doctor walked in and it was Dr. Leslie Fitzgerald. And it was like, uh. <laughs> and um, she walked in and I'm like, hi, you know, his wife. And she's like, oh, she's like, we are just so amazed at the turn he has taken. It's a miracle. <laughs> I'm like, mm, mm. I'm just wanting to just, anyway and it's like no love her like Jesus would you know and uh anyway and so um the critical care doctors or the respiratory therapists are the only ones that can change the vent settings and so she came in that day in the afternoon and said what she said and she changed the vent settings for the first time um and his peep again this is all medical terminology his peep was always five which what I've understood is good it was just his um the level of oxygen he had to get his oxygen level down to 40 percent before they would start weaning him off of the um fentanyl and propofol mm -hmm. and that start they had taken him down to 50% on that day. So we were headed in the right direction. Um, and so that was very encouraging. And again, that, that just motivates you as a wife to just keep pressing on and, and everything. So, yeah, right. Um, and then um, that was a, I, that was also the time that I, at, uh, had been giving the recipe that you had sent through joy. Um, and I had put it, uh, as you had instructed me to, um, but for some reason, I don't know if I mixed it up wrong or my concern, like I said, I was watching any kind of change in his skin color, any kind of change yes. in his body anyway. And, um, when I put it on his skin, it discolored his skin. Yes. And I was just like, uh oh, uh oh, because right. it, it just, want anyone I was just, yes, 
Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is the, the family that saved their mom, um, they have the website, we saved our mom.com. This is some of the things they were running into as they were helping other people as well. And that's right. why they created a new formula. Um, right. That's all put together now into one capsule so that people can just open the capsule and it's, it's translucent because right. that's what they were running into is there was something and I can't remember which one it was now, but it was causing discoloration. And if you're trying to do it surreptitiously, right, that can be a problem, you know, unless you can do inside the thigh or somewhere where they're not going to notice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and even, I mean, and, and it is, I mean, that, that, and I'm so excited for them to have developed that um, because one of the things, you know, is um, the nurses will bathe my husband on a daily basis. Right. And that was, again, they would eventually see it. Right. And that was, you know, my concern. Um, and, but again, with building the rapport and um, building relationships with the hospital staff and, and again, I asked a lot of questions and would always preface it with, you know, I'm not questioning decisions. I'm not questioning you or the hospital. I'm just wanting to understand so that I could be a part of the team. That was kind of how I presented myself. Right. Right. And so that, um, continued on and continued on and they weaned him um they be, he reached 40 percent, and they began weaning him off of the uh, fentanyl and the propofol and um again you 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 feel victorious but you don't know what's around the corner um right. and so kind of speed the process because I don't know if you want a part three or not <laughs> Anyway, um, um, so that all happened and they had completely weaned him off of the um, sedation, but he wasn't waking up Mm -hmm. and there was concern that he had had a stroke. And I don't know if you remember, but you had connected me with the nurse um, and right, just they took him down for a CT scan and, and I, you know, he, what the, uh, the reflex um, test that they do on the foot, he wasn't responding to that. I mean, it was just, so again, a lot of uncertainty, uh, just a lot of, not understanding what was going on because you think, oh, he's going to get off the vent. Oh, we're going to wean him off. Oh, everything's going to wake up. Everything's going to be great because these are the stories that you hear. Right. You know, right. I gave you know them ivermectin, and two days later they were fine and off the vent. Right. And, right. But that that's not our story, and it's okay that it's not our story. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really okay, and I I had to get to that place as well um, that. You know, um, the trial, the spiritual the trial, exactly, and and that was the thing. Um, there, 
there have been few times in my life that I have felt the presence of evil. And I felt it in that ICU. I felt the battle. Um, we would have a victorious day and the next day, I mean, bazookas and everything. I mean, it was just like you were blindsided and said, wait a minute, we were headed in the right direction and now we're not. Now we're headed in the right direction and now we're not. I mean, you're just the roller coaster ride of that. And the way that I would present it is that the life taker and the life giver were at battle. I mean, the, it was just because there is no hope. No one in ICU that works in ICU has that hope. I saw it on their faces. Mm -hmm. They were amazed at my husband's recovery. They were amazed. They were just, they were beside themselves as so much so as one of the nurses that we befriended and I wanted to adopt him <laughs> um he um he uh, came in he knew I was a believer um pretty quickly and he came in and he said can I pray with you and I was like yes and he was the one I fell apart in his arms because it was like why isn't this getting better and he looked at me and he said, do you realize how strong you are? Do you realize there are not many people that have had the success and are still, you know, coping with and not just falling completely apart? And I asked him recently, um, we were, we attend the same church and he came up and hugged my husband's neck and he's just just so happy. Um, and uh, I said, tell him, Aaron, tell him, you didn't think he was going to make it. <laughs> and he looked at him and he kind of, you know, kind of gave that sheepish look and he looked and he goes, no, I didn't until I met her. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that to me, that's one of the extra blessings that we've been able to give those people that work in that environment hope. It's no secret that Jackie absolutely loves TRS. Here is another fantastic testimony. Our three-year-old has been so much more affectionate and loving. She's autistic and has sensory issues, so her tendency has always been to go off by herself to play, and she would actively avoid social and physical contact. Being incredibly sensitive can be so isolating. I'm delighted to report that after six months of TRS, she's so much more sociable and affectionate. It's astounding. She initiates cuddles, welcomes kisses, hugs her big sister, likes hanging out with her little brother, asks grandma to pick her up, and makes sure she's in the company of family regardless of what she's doing. She wakes up every morning with a huge grin, ready to have fun and play. We are so grateful to see our little girl blossoming and joining the world, wanting connection and affection, making eye contact and sharing laughter. Thank you, TRS. For more information, please go to www.deeprootsathomes.com forward slash TRS. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash TRS. Fast forward, he wasn't waking up. Um, I connected with um, a friend of mine uh, that 
we met through the Isaacs. Um, she owns Internal Balance and she is a nutritional biochemist. And Tamara um, gave me supplements, um, magnesium, calcium, um, just a lot of supplements that go beyond the protocol of what you kind of hear out there, mm -hmm. you know, the, the vitamin C and the vitamin D and the zinc and the quercetin. Um, this was much more of a biochemical uh, feeding. And she had me um, do some uh, chest massages um, with my knuckles on his sternum. Um, and she is a believer, um, believed that the brain and the body had disconnected because of the medication that they had him on and that, that we needed to reintroduce his brain to his body. And um, so I started administering that as well. And here's a funny, one of the, one of the supplements she had me give him and this is how God protected. I think of the account with Corey and Betsy with the Bible being hid that it was never discovered because one of the supplements she had me give him was organic beet powder. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever eaten beets, um, but it kind of does stuff to the elimination process. <laughs> and I, I mean, and I was like, oh, this is going to show up. This is going to show up. I just know this is going to, they're going to look and they're going to go, what in the world? You know? Yeah. Um, it never did. Wow. Wow. It never did. It never turned red. It never turned purple. It never changed. So how color. did you give him these supplements then at this point? This again was, I was putting it all into the um, water. Yes, okay. and into the feeding tube, um, and and he had um, well, I was going to say he eventually kind of woke up, and again he has no memory of this, but I would come over to his feeding tube side and I'd smile at him, and I'm like, I'm going to give you the medicine that's going to give you better, you know, and he'd kind of look at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, you know, just like my wife <laughs> yeah right <laughs> anyway but um so uh all of that um eventually he got to a place where we all the whole medical staff um and Aaron included our angel and ICU is what I call him um believed that he was at the point of extubation um, that um, he had to be put on C CPAP trials. And I don't know um, if people know about CPAP but, or BiPAP, but it's a pressurized air being pushed into your lungs. Um, I know a lot of people that sleep with CPAP machines that are not big fans of it. Um, but again, it's that blowing that oxygen into your air, uh, into your lungs and, and that whole concept. And again, it was not a pleasant experience for my husband. I watched it on his face when they would do the CPAP trials and um, he 
his heart rate would go up. And then of course they would give him medication for his heart rate and his blood pressure. And his, it was just, you know, working towards that and it wasn't happening. And again, he had to pass these CPAP tests before extubation would happen. And then um, what happened um, after three days of a CPAP, Again, I don't know if the CPAP trials caused it, but he developed a pneumothorax, which is a collapsed lung. And we had been, um, well, Gwen had been on the ventilator for 21 days, 20 days, sorry, 20 days. Um, and in my research um, and everything, they really recommend no longer than 21 days. So the collapsed lung happened and they had to put in a chest tube and we were given the choice um, to put him back on sedation and start over after his collapsed lung healed or have a tracheostomy and put a trachea in. Um, and so hard decision, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to put him back on sedation, but a trach. Yeah. But was that the answer? And Aaron um, told me, he was the only one that told me. Um, he said, I want you to know something. A trach is not, always an easier answer sometimes it brings its own set of new problems and so praise god that aaron told me that because then it was like okay you know it prepared me because what happened was we elected the tracheostomy the trach was put in and that didn't fix it um he still suffered on the CPAP. Um, he struggled. It, he just did not like the way it made him feel. I'm not in his body. I don't know. Um, but I'm still giving him the ivermectin and the hydroxychloroquine. And I'm giving him the vitamins. And I'm giving him the supplements. And just feeding his body. Yeah. Speaking of feeding his body, <laughs> the feeding... In the feeding tube, um, what they give is pure sugar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're fighting an inflammatory disease, and yet we're feeding the body sugar, which is inflammatory. Didn't make sense to me. Right. I spoke three times with the dietitian to find out if there was something else we could give him. And she said no. And I said, well, it's so much sugar. And that's not good for his body. And of course, it's like, well, that's what, you know, his hospital protocol. And I asked her if I could bring outside, you know, formula. Um, there is an organization called Kate Farms. And they have, uh, I guess, what you would qualify as a ketogenic type of formula. It's, it has a lot of coconut oil and um, protein pea protein and it's it's low on sugar um 
and I was refused to do that. So again, I tried, but that didn't happen. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. After uh, a few days of the CPAP on the um, trach and just the frustration of that, uh, finally, Dr. Kabir came in and he pulled the, oh, well, I kind of skipped through the part of the nighttime ICU delirium that Gwen was going through and him trying to pull the trach out and just in them restraining him and putting the gloves on him. And I mean, it was just, it was hard. Um, But uh, Dr. Kabir came in um, and took the vent tube off of the trach and looked up at his monitor and he said, look at his monitor. And so all of his sats stayed pretty level. And he said, I think it's time to put him on the trach collar. And what that is, is it's an apparatus that goes around the trach. Um, It blows um, uh, humidified oxygen into, but not at a pressure. It's Gwen would breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out instead of the the machine breathing in for him and breathing out for him. It's um, a lot different. It's it's much more of you um, determining your breath and determining your oxygen level. And so um, we did that and um, our journey with that is uh, he, Dr. Kabir wanted him to gradually get on the um, trait collar 24 seven. Um, and at that time he was getting three liters of oxygen um, and on the trait collar. Um, this is going to be the geeky medical stuff, but if his oxygen level would go below 88%, because they, they said anything low below 88% is dangerous. And so what they would do is if it would go below 88% and that would happen when he would get tired, they would bump up the oxygen to four liters. Um, and then everything would kind of go go up, um, all the numbers would go up and it would look good, but then Gwen would get lethargic. Mm-hmm. And 
it wasn't until Liz um, came in, our respiratory therapist, um, that uh, connected all the dots and said, I need to treat him like a COPD patient. Um, and a COPD patient cannot have more than two liters of oxygen or it will kill them because they can't blow off the CO2. Yeah. And so- And didn't Gwen get diagnosed with that years and years ago? That was our journey back in 2015. Um, yeah. He was diagnosed with COPD and then we went overseas and um, we ate clean food and not processed food. And anyway, there he did the Simbacort um, and everything came back. And then he, the doctor, the allergist actually said that he was misdiagnosed, that it was adult onset asthma, that there was something in the air um, that had brought this on, but that his lung capacity had been restored and everything. So, you know, we walked through that thinking that this was just kind of a blip on the screen. Right. Um, looking back now, it might've been the reason why, um, the lungs were attacked because uh -huh. they right. were yeah. in a weakened area. Yeah. You know, it was, right. it was a weak part. Um, and so she connected those dots and I, um, I said, well, you write an order that he doesn't get more than two liters of oxygen. And she did, but it was ignored because it's a lot easier to maintain a patient that is just laying there lethargic yeah. than it is. And so there was a lot of playing around with that. Um, 100% oxygen um, is uh, lethal. And there was one time that I watched a nurse turn his oxygen level up to 100. Um, and I brought it to Liz's attention and she said, I'll take care of this. So again, God provided people that we needed um, and carried us through this journey. So we were moving forward, the trait color and the levels and all of this. So what was determined was that Gwen would be on the trait color during the day, but they would switch him to vent support at night um, and so to give his um, body opportunity to rest. And then there was um, a young lady that came in, a respiratory therapist that came in and she was just chit chatting with me and, and she goes, you know, there are home vents. He could go home on a vent. Mm -hmm. I was like, really? So, Ching, I started researching, like, what does that look like, you know, kind of thing. And um, so uh, I mentioned it to Dr. Kabir. And um, all of this time, we were um, discussing with our case manager. And at the time, we were with MediShare and 
there was just a lot of, well, we don't cover this and we don't cover that. And, and, you know, having him released to a rehabilitation um, hospital and just, there's a, just a lot um, of details that are not as significant and important. It was just a part of the journey. Um, but eventually um, it was determined um, for Gwen's safety that um, to prevent a secondary uh, infection, and that was Dr. Kabir's concern, um, for him to be released uh, to go home in my care on a home vent. And so that's what we did. And, um, what, we, and how many days, when, how many weeks was that in the hospital? He was in the hospital for 60 days. 60 days. He was released to me into my care at home on, I brought him home on November 1st of 2021. So we're coming up on the year anniversary. Um, you know, I don't know when this is going to be published, but anyway. <laughs> um, and that's actually um, a great place for us to stop because what I would love to do is have you back um, specifically, if you're willing, specifically to talk about um, home care and what it's like to care for somebody at home. Things, maybe things that you um, haven't anticipated that have been more difficult than you thought things you wish you had known beforehand that somebody else that's caring for a loved one at home, would you be willing to come back and talk to us about that? Absolutely. Okay, well that, that would, um, I think that would be fantastic. So we're gonna need to wrap this up today, but I, um, I am amazed. I am absolutely amazed. Cindy, the Lord used you to save your husband's life. And I have no doubt in my mind that that that's that you were the instrument that those medicines and your faithfulness and your courage um that those were the means that the lord used to save your husband's life and to me that is that's such uh, an inspiration and i hope it is for our listeners too because it takes bravery to go against the system and it takes um it takes courage to do what you know is right, even when other people are making you feel stupid or feel like you're doing something wrong. And to be able to look past what is seen to the unseen. Right. And, and, um, and in faith to be able to, you served your husband in faith. And that that is just amazing to me. So I just thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story with us. And for, for, for letting for us, and for letting us in on those dark days and being real with us on how you, in your weakness, he was made strong. And Amen. so um, we look forward so much to having you back, Cindy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? 
And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time. Thank you.